Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. Pride to Detroit podcast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and Meat Sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park. Each two ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein and each stick has eight grams of protein. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions, it's going to be good enough for you too. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they use locally sourced all-natural Black Angus beef, and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offerings. Go to RighteousFelon.com and use the promo code POD15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. That's promo code POD15 at RighteousFelon.com. And welcome to the Pride of Detroit POD cast, prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. You know the drill at this point. We do it every week. You know exactly who we are. We uh, we are here. We are live. We are adequate. Twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit. Twitter, Facebook. Find us there. The podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Is iTunes still a thing or is they just make that Apple Podcast? It's Apple uh, Podcasts. It's Apple Podcast. Thank you. That is Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader at Detroit Online, uh, reporting on all things about the podcast business industry. Sure. Yeah. Except today. Today was President's Day. I took most of the day off. So, President's Day. Yeah. The holiday it's, we everyone, everyone forgets. I celebrated by not celebrating any presidents because I don't think uh, politicians should be celebrated. Anarchist Jeremy oh, Reisman. Shoot. We're not supposed to be political on this podcast. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. Erase, sorry. erase, yeah. erase. <laughs> Dump that. Cut that, Chris. <laughs> Someone on, on air one time swore and then it just immediately said, cut that, Chris. Cut that. And it has <laughs> remained in my memory ever since. I am Chris Perfett, the adequate host at Chris Perfett on Twitter. And finally, the third man, Jeremy. Uh, damn it. Uh, <laughs> yes. Adequate. Double bill. Ryan Matthews. Black is the motherfucking rock guy. At Ryan underscore P-O-D. Uh, sorry, Ryan. I like thinking about maybe showing up to this podcast now. Next Halloween, dressed up as Bizarro Jeremy. <laughs> that should be our Halloween. Just dress up. Each of us dress up as each other. Ooh, yeah, I like it. I, I Jeremy's Bizar- got to grow a goatee and like, you know, get a get a short sleeve, a, a short sleeve hoodie. Yeah, and, well, and gold chain. The Bizarro Jeremy is instead of the mustache, it's just like a little tiny new metal chin strap down here. <laughs> yeah, I dig it. I feel what like that's Bizarro, what would Bizarro Ryan be? 
Mm. Uh, a lightly bit <laughs> lit background, not in gambling debt. <laughs> <laughs> he admits it. He admits it. All right. Well, so they're not start. all winners. Oh they're my god, not he all winners. It. But you how know, much you, lo- how much you lose this? on All Star Weekend? Stop it. I'm not. Come on. I have a family. How much you um, lose on the XFL? <laughs> oh, oh man. I, I, Ryan, I felt like Ryan had a really good segue there that he was going to get off. Sorry, let's do it over again. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Ryan. Why don't you segue in? What anyway? do you, what do, wait, what do you need as a lead up? Uh, something about winning. Well, Ryan Matthews is usually our winner, usually. Uh, and, and another winner is the Detroit Lions this week because they kept Scotty Montgomery. Let's start there. Let's start with <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Let's start with Scotty. Let's start with the good news. Let's start with the good news when it comes to the coaching search. Uh, Scotty Montgomery, this is a little bit of old news at this point, but uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about it. I found this very odd, Jeremy. So Scotty Montgomery got an interview with the Bucks, yeah. with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, would have been, I believe it was for a lateral move. It's kind of assistant head coach again. So the Lions would have promoted someone, Scotty Montgomery, to replace their assistant head coach who took a lateral move to the Panthers. And immediately after that, the Bucks are like, hey, we're interested in this guy for a lateral move as well. Well, he, he was interviewing for the offensive coordinator job. So Excuse me, offensive technically coordinator. is a promotion and and something that I think is probably in place for, for Scotty Montgomery at some point. Like, I think he's going to be an offensive coordinator in this league, given the trajectory of his career. Um, but yeah, I think that news broke while we were live on the podcast that he was going to go interview. And then a couple of days later, the Bucks ended up hiring someone else. Um, so, yeah, good news that the Lions get to employ their new running backs coach, get to employ their new Deuce Daly for more than a week. Um, and and I, this is my favorite hire that they've made this offseason. And, and as we're going to get to, they, they still probably have a hire left in them that they need to fill. Um, but I thought this was a really smooth, really smart hire. And and again, it, it unlike, I think, previous regimes here, it wasn't a guy that has a lot of connections to Dan Campbell, which, again, I think reiterates the fact that he's a guy that can find talent and and bring talent over um, because of who he is as a person, because of the culture the Lions are building, because of how they finish the season, all that sort of stuff. Detroit is a is, is a destination place, but I do want to talk about the quote unquote controversy of him even taking that Bucks interview because we didn't really touch on it um, on Monday night. A lot of people were upset um, that he would take an interview a week after he he officially got hired by Detroit. And I, I talked a little bit about it, Eric on the mailbag podcast. So I'm more curious in your guys' opinion on it, because personally, I think if a guy gets a chance at a promotion, you, you at least interview, right? Always take interviews. That's, that's my belief. Always take an interview. It's, it's good advice for any, any, any walk of life. Just always take the interview. For any kind of job, I have no problem with Scotty taking it. I understand it was probably awkward and close, but like, look, I, I've not to make football about, you know, com- try to compare football to other walks of life. But I knew a guy who got promoted to a producer for like, say, a big time radio show. But a week later, he was gone from the company because he got a better he got a better job somewhere else. That's I'm sorry. That's that's how it works. in in the rest of life, I don't see why it shouldn't work that way in the NFL. I understand the Lions would have been on the losing end of that, but that's just looking out for yourself at the end of the day. That's looking out for your career, especially if it would have meant more of a chance to be something like an offense coordinator. 
I think especially so because of the timeline. Like it's still the off season. It's still the hiring season. You're not leaving the team in a lurch. Yeah. If you if you head out now, there's still plenty of time for for somebody to find a replacement. So I don't have any problem with him exploring options, especially because of the like Chris said, the position that he's in. He has an opportunity to get a promotion. So and I, I think one thing that people don't realize about some of these interviews, it's also about expanding your network. It's it's getting to know opposing coaches, opposing owners, opposing opposing general managers, getting your name out there, being a familiar face, so that when maybe those general managers and 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 coaches are, are somewhere else, they have that kind of base of knowledge. So this is good experience to just network a little bit. Obviously, you want to win, earn the job, but you you also want to put your face out there so that people recognize you, so that people remember you. So if you make a good impression in this Bucks interview, you but you don't land the interview, maybe someone in that coaching staff sees you and says, makes a note saying, you know, not ready yet, but m- maybe, maybe in the future. Word well, of mouth. Like, yeah. Word, word of, of mouth. mouth. Yeah. Or just again, just getting business cards for the Rolodex. Yeah. Who has a Rolodex anymore? Actually, I don't have a, actually, I, I think I do have a Rolodex. What's a Rolodex. So that's the win 30. for the lions. That's wi- that's the win for the lions. The loss for lions is Todd wash. Yeah. Who is leaving for the Panthers jobs. So that's two coaches. Now that the Panthers have plucked, from the Detroit Lions, you can tell they really wanted some of that Lions magic because when they were denied Ben Johnson, they immediately went back to the well for whoever they could get. So Todd Wash is moving for the pan, going to the Panthers and a complete lateral move. Yeah, we at least have the personal reason for for Deuce Staley for Todd Wash. It's a little unclear why. So the Lions have to go out and find someone to replace for their defensive line coach here. Yeah. And I mean, hell, Jeremy, like the defensive, the defensive line for the Lions was a strong point on defense to, uh, you know, young, young defensive ends coached very well. Aiden Hutchinson, Pascal even saw some time as well. So I can see why he would be attractive. I guess it's a matter of why the lateral move. Yeah. And that's going to remain probably a mystery until we we get our hands on a coach to talk to about. But it it's puzzling a little bit. It's surprising. I, Shocking is probably a little bit too much of an exaggeration, but this was a guy who, um, yeah, like you said, a, a very young set of uh, defensive linemen, um, James Houston, right? Like has this breakout season and um, obviously like uh, these guys are talented, but they were forged by by Todd Wash, who has done so similarly with other young guys like Yannick Ngakwe with the Jaguars. He's a very well-respected coach. He was probably the closest to a defensive coordinator replacement that the Lions had on their coaching staff because he's been a defensive coordinator in this league before. Um, and so now, I mean, I think it's kind of fascinating looking at this coaching staff through, through the first two years, the defense hasn't been good yet. They've gone through a defensive backs coach. They've gone through a linesbackers coach, and now they've gone through a defensive line coach. And, and listen, one of, one of those was a firing. Actually, two of those were probably firings. Um, so I, I guess you can understand why they went through them, but to lose your defensive line coach. Now it's, it's not a lot of stability, and if you want to see improvement on this defense, there has to be some set of of standards of of reliability, and it's just kind of been a lot of turmoil. It's not necessarily anyone's fault. It's just kind of frustrating from from an outsider's view that there isn't that stability with with such a young roster. I mean, you want a young coaching or a young roster to to deal with the same coaches to have that you know just day to day stability. And um, defensive line is going to have to go through a, a bit of a change this year. I don't have much more to add other than maybe just throw a couple questions your guys' way. Uh, Jeremy, I guess the is the first 
look internal? Is there somebody you think that could potentially be a candidate? Or do you think that this is something where the Lions have to find somebody on the outside? I would imagine they have to go out external. Um, they, they do have an assistant defensive line coach, Cameron Davis, but he's very young to the job. Um, you know, he's only been in the NFL, I think, for two years. He, he was the assistant line defensive line coach last year. I think that was that was actually his first year as an NFL coach. He's been in in the college ranks for a little bit, so it's not completely new to him. But I don't know if he's ready to be a defensive line coach. But I mean, like you said, like like we've seen already, they've gone out and poached guys in Dre Bly. In uh, in Montgomery is, is guys who, outside of the uh, the team, an external hire, and guys that have a a fair amount of experience in in big roles. So I just I don't know if he's ready. Uh, I don't necessarily have a lot of uh, names. One fun one out there that actually Michael Rothstein threw my way in, in my DMs, just as as a fun name, not as uh, any insider source, was Daryl Tapp, um, former Lions defensive line, uh, who is also very much in the coaching ranks in, in college. I, I don't know his latest position, but um, you know, if you want to follow, follow this path of former players and, and now with Dre Bly, former lions players and Kelvin Shepard as well, obviously um, it'd, be, it'd fit in. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know if there's really a, a specific guy out there that I'm like, this guy is going to replace him and, and we're going to be fine. There is one more piece of news from around the NFC North right now. I feel like we should get to, um, and it's from our old our friend uh, friend of the podcast Tyler Dunn uh, from the go long from his go long uh, I think this was from his, the Substack his, his so it was from his newsletter not the podcast correct Jeremy uh, actually no he, go it was the go long TD podcast but so it was Bob from Mc- the podcast right yeah okay um, Bob McGinn the the longtime Packers uh, writer who who's retired yeah. from the beat actually contributes to that website both writing and podcast so it was, so it was, i'm gonna read sure i'm gonna read from uh from from him here uh what he said quote as of right now i'm convinced based on my own instincts knowing the nfl and knowing what happens after all these defeats and discussions that they are done with rogers that's the way it is that's the way it is right now that he's not coming back they're disgusted with him and they're done with him and they're moving on uh there's a lot more here afterwards but the the idea is that even if uh here one more quote even if rogers comes back to collect that 59 million i think he's the backup he could try to ruin the whole operation but he knows that's not going to happen and he's not going and he's going to accept a trade somewhere else he knows he can't live with that with the Packers fans and everybody it's love's turn. So I heard this all weekend during the all, the NBA all-star break that, uh, and I think this should excite the pleasure zones of lions fans. If it is indeed true, I think that's, those are tough, very easy, tough words to have right now. But I think if they do actually believe in Jordan love, then we are finally seeing the sea change in the NFC North for where the quarterbacks are concerned. Not that it should be a matter for the Lions, because as you know, the Lions have defeated the Packers now three times in a row today. So that 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 witty part aside, though, it is a it is we have known for a minute the NFC North is in a complete sea change and that the opportunity is there for the Detroit Lions, especially given that the Vikings, as much as they won last year, they were seen as a Trojan horse, that they were seen as they like they they have defects, they have pieces that they need to replace. The Bears, 
I don't know what's going to happen with the Bears. People are trying to talk themselves into this idea that they will draft Bryce Young, which would be a hilarious disaster for a lot of reasons. And the Packers moving on from Aaron Rodgers, unless Jordan Love is the lightning that strikes twice, please God, no. Three times, really. Three times. Then they would have to be the ones who have to go through some growing pains. So it leaves Ryan, the NFC North, wide open. And... I don't know. Aaron Rodgers, as is recording this podcast, I think is still in his darkness retreat or is just emerging from his darkness retreat or whatever hippie shit, hippie NorCal shit he gets up to. So, yeah, fun times. Ryan, I feel like you were one of the more skeptical people about all the kind of reports last year uh, of, of Aaron Rodgers, maybe, you know, leaving or retiring or whatever. Where do you feel about all this news now? Are, are you starting to believe that he's actually gone? Or are you are you in the kind of like, until he's in a different uniform, I don't believe it? I think that there's a good chance that it's a trade. I think yeah. he's going to get traded. And yeah. may, I mean, do you think it's just deja vu? Like, do you think it's, <laughs> hey, I've seen this happen once with a Packers quarterback. I, I can see it happening again. Um, and funny enough, <laughs> the Jets. <laughs> I keep hearing hearing Raiders. I keep hearing Raiders, but that could be hilarious for its own reasons. I understand it's not the same kind of comedy as the Jets, but the Raiders are hilariously bizarre organization, too. Yeah. So I I just think from I think from that standpoint, it I mean, it's going to be interesting to see things play out. But there's no way that Aaron Rodgers has enough pride in his body to go back to Green Bay and be the backup, backup quarterback. To Jordan Love. That's the wildest part of that story. And, and again, yeah, yeah, not again, new guy. kind of speculation, but yeah. Yeah. No, to, to Jordan Love. To Jordan Love, someone who we like threw a fit when Jordan Love got drafted. It, it's impossible for that guy to not be in the spotlight. Like this right, darkness right. retreat is the first time that he's ever gone away. <laughs> And even then, he made a very big deal out of it on right. the way. And he made sure it's like, be tuned. I'll have I'll have some thoughts about my decision when I come out. Wink, right. wink. Like, God, shut and up. And then, of course, and when we when everyone started talking about it, it was the media's fault. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, sure. I, it, it is interesting. It, I've seen a, a, a kind of sea of change, as you put it, um, with Lions fans saying like, dang, I, I hope he stays another year. Like, I want him to stay another year. Because we're we're starting to beat him consistently, and Kirby Joseph's his dad, and all that sort of stuff. And I'm with you, kind of in 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 some sort of way. I mean, wasn't that long ago before I said we shouldn't be afraid of Green Bay before reneging on that pretty quickly. Um, but but at the same time, I'm not afraid of Jordan Love. I'm not believing these reports that Packers think he's the the second coming of Aaron Rodgers that he's he's going to be as good as Aaron Rodgers. I'm not believing Packers fans who are taking two quarters of a game this year where he played fine and they have to figure that nine out pretty- passes that he's going to be really 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 good. Um, I want to. I mean, you, you, show me. Show me that Jordan Love is actually really, really good because I don't believe it yet. The worst part, too, is like they got to figure that out pretty quickly, Jeremy, because sure. his rookie contract is almost up. Yeah. Like they, they need a good year out of him this year. Yes. This year, they have to figure out the fifth year option. It is now. Yeah. Which yeah. which is well, I mean, which is why they're making this move. Right. Like, which is why, like, they need to shit or get off the pot with Jordan Love. And, and so, yeah, it makes every sense in the world for them to move on from Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers made it really easy by being a pain in the ass last year and then kind of sucking and having his worst season since his rookie season. 
um, or his first year as a starter. Not here's, technically. Here's the only conspiracy. Here's a conspiracy theory I will dive into. I could see them letting Aaron Rodgers come back and putting him as the starter, if only to look to Jordan Love in his fifth year option, saying like, "Let's sign a new contract, but we haven't really seen you play that much. Try to get you on a discount." That would be a horrible move. Like it makes no sense to keep Aaron Rodgers at this point from the Packers point of view, which is why I believe that. I mean, it's not just Bob McGinn reporting this at this point. Like they're, you know, I I feel like Schefter before said like the Packers have kind of made up their decision. They, they want to move on while, while everyone else is kind of framing it as well, we have to wait for Rodgers to make his decision. I think the Packers are just waiting for him to say, Hey, do you want to play football still? Okay. You're going to play somewhere else or okay. Retire. We'll, we'll have a great ceremony for you. At least that's, I mean, that's what, to be clear, that should have been their mindset last year. And it would have been harder last year. He was an MVP. He was coming off an MVP campaign. Um, But, but I saw plenty of Packers fans saying like, listen, we, we're not, we're not getting anywhere in in the playoffs. Um, We've won one championship with Rodgers. He's whatever years old. He's becoming a distraction. He's not a very pleasant person to have around and we have Jordan love. It's time to figure out what we have in Jordan love. And they probably should have done it last year, but again, it would have been a tougher decision this year. It's a no brainer. They, they need to move on from him. And if they don't, I'm going to laugh. And if they do, I'm going to celebrate a little bit too, because I don't want to say his name on our podcast anymore. Well, on that note, we will leave the news in the dust. Uh, Jeremy's got a game show for us. We're going to be doing uh, some deal or no deal. I actually don't know how deal or no deal works. I never watched that show. But uh, we're going to be debating the contracts of Lions free agent. Jeremy is, quote, going to act as the free agent and offer a contract. And we will deal and we will deal with the merits of that and uh, shoot it down or accept it or uh, say, I'll buy that for a dollar. All those fun things might cost you more than a dollar, though. But that's that's the RoboCop reference, Jeremy. (laughs) I know. I know. We'll be right back on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. But first, we got to let you know about Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. And I have clearly not had enough today because I've at least made about five errors that have been cut out of this podcast by the time you were listening at home. But, gay, guess what? If I had had that Righteous Felon, I would be right as rain. I would not be getting, you know, Lions coaches completely wrong, which is stuff I should know right off the jump. But apparently I don't because I have a bad brain. But you know why? How you can fix that? Because each two-ounce bag of righteous felon jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein, and each meat stick, they got meat sticks, have eight grams of protein. Protein's good for the brain. Trust me, if it's good enough for the lions, it's going to be good enough for you too. That's right. Where's our bags, gentlemen? And I heard Scotty Montgomery was about to leave for Tampa, but then Dan Campbell just threw the variety pack of righteous felon at him, and, and he couldn't leave. Ever heard of the of the of the, of the meat monster? The meat monster. I have not, but I've heard of Righteous Felon and I ate it all weekend long and I am now a pond hockey champion. So I That's don't know right. if you want, you want a hockey or championship. if the proof, is, the proof is in the jerky. You want a hockey championship fueled off Righteous Felon. Just fiending off of it. And fiending. you could too. And you could too. <laughs> We're going to tell you in a second, but first you should know that Righteous Felon is best based in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Always good beef there, I think. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, they use locally sourced, all-natural Black Angus beef, which is good, and prize themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors. And yes, that you could save you could save some boatload of money on this because we're giving you a promo code. P-O-D-15 at checkout. P-O-D stands for Pride of Detroit. 15 is 15% 
that you save on all your orders. So that's pod15righteousfelon.com. We'll be right back. This message comes from Apple Card. Earn up to 3% daily cash back on every purchase every day. Then grow it at 4.50% annual percentage yield when you open a savings account with Apple Card. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card subject to credit approval. Savings available to Apple Card owners subject to eligibility. Savings accounts provided by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Member FDIC. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pride of Detroit, POD cast. Now it's time for the game time. Now it's time for the game show. Now it's time to have fun. Uh, this is called Free Agency. It's a very original name. Please do not steal our original OC. Uh, Jeremy, how does this work? You came up with this. Yeah, so uh, Free Agency is coming three three or so weeks away. But before that, lines are going to start re-signing some of their own players. So what I thought would be a fun exercise to do is... I'm going to embody five different Lions to be free agents. I am going to come to you two, Ray Agnew and and <laughs> and, uh, and why can't I think of and, and Brad Holmes. You guys can be half of each. You guys can be one or the other. I'm can I going be to Chris Spielman. Co- sure, you can be Chris okay. Spielman. Um, I'm I going really to come with you. Spielman. I'm going to represent myself and come to you with an offer. You tell me deal. Get the hell out of my office or let's keep talking. I want you here, but I'm not going to pay you that much. Fair. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds fantastic. The rules are set. All right. I'm first person walking into your office. I'm going to kick down the door. Hi, it's John Kaminsky here. Please, for the love of God, resign me. Well, I don't know who you are. I don't know who you are. I've never heard of John Kaminsky. Oh, yeah. Well, (laughs) you might. It's a good point. Not a lot of people have talked about me. Uh, Put on the tape, though. (laughs) If you put on the tape. A slap in the VHS. uh, But listen, 27 years old. You guys treated me well last year. You got my my career off to to another start. You, You revitalized my career. I want to be here. I understand I'm not a, a, a huge player. So here's what I'm asking. Two-year deal, $5.5 million. I think that's fair. It, it's, a, it's a bit – you guys saw the impact I made on Aiden Hutchinson's game. I, I opened him up. He opened me up. We worked well together. What do you say? Two years, $5.5 million. I don't think we can let – John Kaminsky go, Chris. I don't I don't think we can let John Kaminsky leave this team for two reasons. One, the first reason is 
you don't let good edge players walk away. And I think John Kaminsky is a good edge player. He doesn't have to be a starter at two years, 5.5 million. He can be a very important rotational piece that you can put out there. So I'm, I'm cool with it, Chris. I would say this, and I'm going to be a bit of a devil's advocate, but I'm also going to counterman my devil's advocacy at the same time. I would say the Lions right now have a lot of edge players. They have invested very heavily in the past few years between Josh Pascal and and Aiden Hutchinson, but not just that, about you know the Aquara brothers, things of that nature. However, some of those pieces, for in particular the Aquara brothers, are what we're weighing up here against John Kaminsky. I think at some point the bow will break in that regard. And look, the Okwaras have both gone through some injuries. Kaminsky at 27 has proven in a year that he is very productive. I think the I think the 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 deal is fair at 2.75 million a year. That's about 52nd among edges out there. And what has this organization always been about is about rewarding those positions. And as you said, like good edges, you just don't let walk. I like this. I might try to get it down to 5 million, but other than like quibbling over about, you know, you're trying to penny pinch me. That's what NFL teams do. We got a deal. We got a deal. Yeah. I think we got a deal. Let's go. I thought you said you were. Don't do the voice. Not a visual medium. For those listening on the podcast, Jeremy's been wearing a cowboy hat for about an hour off stream. And it's gone to his head. That's not what John Kaminsky sounds like. Uh, All right. John Kaminsky is gone. Now I got to take that though. Real quick, Jeremy. Are you cool with Kaminsky? I think think he might command a a smidge more, um, but not a ton more. Um, I think that's, I mean, given how much, edge players go for like elite guys getting one for 2.75 million a year is, is a steal. Um, and, and it still represents a, a pretty significant raise for him because he wasn't even making a full million last year. So yeah, I think, I think that's fair. And I think, you know, and I think it's maybe reasonable to think that he might accept a Home economic discount. Deal. Yeah. A little bit. All right. I'm taking I'm taking the cowboy hat out because I need to let Please. my locks flow here. Because guess who's here now? Alex Anzalone. All right, guys, I'm 28 years old. This might be my. Why my, are we doing last... role play? Because it's fun. Clipped. All right, I'm 28 years old. This Ooh. might be my last time to cash in. You guys have had me on one year deals the last two years. It's time to pay up a little bit more. Last year it was a one point um, one year for for two point two five million. I need a little more. Uh, I'm I'm a leader on this team. I took a lot of st- I, you you said it yourself, Dan Campbell, who's sitting in the corner. I know neither of you are Dan Campbell. Although if you want to be Dan Campbell, go for it. Um, I wouldn't dare. You said it yourself. Best year of my career last year. Two years, six and a half million. I'm surprised, Alex Anzalone, that you're willing to come back for that little money. I think it's I think it's a I think it's a good deal in in one sense. The Lions can they can bring back Anzalone and he can be the leader that they need him to be. But I don't know how you don't upgrade that position. I think that there is a clear way to upgrade that position. So it it's it's almost like 
I think I'm just good with best travels, man. How would you say the best way to upgrade that position is, Ryan? Is I, it the draft? You know, is it free agency? Brad Holmes did a pretty good job picking Malcolm Rodriguez in the sixth round. But to your to to your point, though, that is still someone who requires a veteran presence there. The veteran, the veteranship, the leadership is still not resolved. Maybe, but we just saw the impact that Rodriguez made, and that's kind of the crux. I think that the Lions are at is, hey, do we just invest a a cheap? contract at that position or are you paying a premium for a guy who is yes he's a defensive leader and he was a captain for your team last year i i don't know if he's worth that premium but he definitely had an improvement to to you know jeremy's point he made on on the last podcast like he did you know he did take a step last year like his he, first did, he year, took a step he took a yeah. step uh, up from 2021 however in 2022 his like if we look at say his PFF grades, he's about in line with some of his less productive years in New Orleans. So I think this is someone who is, you know, it, the veteran leadership would be fine. He is obviously used in many passing in p- many passing situations, and boasts a decent pass rush grade. But I also think the Lions are investing very well in other places in the pass rush grade. Um, I would probably counter and try to bring it down but if negotiations are not successful then i'm on ryan's side and say thank you very much for your service it it almost is a matter of how much are we guaranteeing in this contract yeah because i don't know if i want to make a full commitment to alex anzalone what if the draft board falls the right way what if the draft board falls the right way and there's a linebacker at the top of the second round that Brad Holmes really likes, Mm -hmm. you know, we haven't seen him invest that heavily in that position, but maybe the board just hasn't fallen that way in the first two years. And then you have that player in, Oh, now we have a big cap hit on Anzalone. And that that's, I mean, part of this conversation is we're, we're being, we're very, being very basic with these contract deals, right? Like obviously you could, you could play around with voided years or you can backload a contract and things like that. Sure. It would make for a much longer podcast if we went into all those details. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, I, I think I think Anzalone might ask for more than this, to be completely honest. I think this is I tried to make it trickier because I think I think you set the line of, closer to what you would like. Maybe. Yeah. And I also wanted to make it a little tricky because if 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 Anzalone is asking for four or five million a year, which I think is within the realm of possibilities, I think it would have been an easy no from both of you. And so um, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It, it 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 it'll be interesting. A three point two five million average would put him twenty third in the NFL. So, um, you're talking about about an average player, maybe a little bit above average, um, player. But uh, let's let's call that one and let's pass on him. But maybe maybe still have him at the at the table. But now let's talk about Deshaun Elliott. I'm Deshaun Elliott now. Let me tell you, you probably didn't expect me to have much of an impact last year. You probably expected me to be a, a backup, right? Maybe start the year. And, and let Kirby Joseph come along. And I understand Kirby Joseph, he's my boy, had a great year. But I don't know how much you can rely on Tracy Walker coming back from his Achilles. And you also what what I did out there towards the end of the year. You guys benched me, and I responded. And I know you guys love that kind of culture where if you guys send a message, I don't quit on you guys. I come back with fury. And not only do I think I was one of your best players down the end of the stretch, 
I think I was a leader. Y'all talk, y'all, y'all saw me talk shit about Aaron Rodgers. You love that. I know you love that. And what happened when I was injured in that Carolina game? Y'all saw what happened there. I'm important to this team. So spot track. I love my guys over at spot track. They think I'm worth 10 million a year. I'm going to send you a deal because I'm breaking character here for a second. That's insane. He's not going to get 10 million a year. Um, but I am valuable. Two years, 13 million. When can you start? At that kind of money, I will absolutely take it. Because, Ryan, the the depth at safety right now, we have gone over this before, is non-existent. And quite honestly, I if, if you are asking me to choose between Deshaun Elliott and Afatu Melifanu right now, I think the answer is easy to go to Elliott. Not only that, we can, we can you know, a versatile, flexible player. He has missed some time on injury, sure, but nothing, nothing serious, nothing I really need to worry about long term. I am all for signing him for this price. It is hard to like the Lions at this point. I think the Lions at this point, we kind of need Elliot more than maybe Elliot needs the Lions. I say this that really, I say that I say yeah. that relatively just because that's how sorry the state of the secondary is right now. It really hinges on the health of Tracy Walker, in my opinion. How ready do you think Tracy will be at the beginning of the season? I talked about it on the podcast last week, but you know, the Lions they have a lot of three safety looks. And if you want to have Kirby Joseph and Tracy Walker and somebody else out there, I, I don't think that player right now, like Chris said, is a Fatu Malfanu, so are are you going back to that well? Are you drafting a safety for a third straight season? Um, or like Jeremy said about Anzalone, like our or about Kaminsky rather, like identifying like a talent, rewarding it, keeping it here. Um I just the, what a roller coaster the Sean <laughs> Elliott's year was. And yeah. I, I think probably I, I'm in agreement with Chris. I'm I'm cool with two years, thirteen million for Deshaun Elliott. I, I again, I'm breaking character here a little bit. I, I I do think it's it's a tough decision. You already are spending eight point three million a year on on Tracy, uh, right? And and but but you're right. Like that obviously takes a a, a big the big key of this entire situation. If you're to believe Tracy Walker, he's going to be ready by OTAs, which I think is a little bit optimistic. I, I think there's a good chance he starts training camp and, and is ready then but then again are is he going to be tracy walker or is he, he going could to be, be someone that he could be on the pup right he could be um right so and that, i mean that's it's a lot to be spending on the safety position um especially when there's a very real possibility to sean elliott could be coming off the bench in in a any in, in a you know sub package role and do you want to pay a guy six and a half million a year as a sub package guy i don't know it's tricky but uh, but no, I, I I mean, he definitely showed his value, right? He definitely showed that I think he is a good culture and talented player. So, well, these next two are going to be sure. really rough for uh, ta- culture and talent, too, I'm sure. So, sure. Here we go. All right. Hi, guys. DJ Chark here. Hello, dude, DJ. Dude, I loved you. And I loved you in the uh, Katy Perry song. <laughs> In the Katy Perry song, Katy Perry Super oh, Bowl, the, the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl. I got it. Right. I got it now. Um, uh, I, I'll, I'm going to ignore that comment. It's very weird coming from you, Ray Agnew. Uh, I thought we were bros. <laughs> That's strange. Um, 
<laughs> but okay, so let's talk about last year. I thought it really came on towards the end. I was part of the reason why the offense blew up towards the end of the season. You know, I if if you take my last six games combined, I I was on pace for over a thousand yards. Um, but listen, I know understand injuries were a concern. I'm willing to take a step back. You guys paid me ten million for last year, and I understand I still need to prove myself that I can stay healthy. I'm willing to bet on myself. One year deal, eight million dollars. I think of maybe any of the players that the Lions are coming to the negotiating table with. I think that this is the guy that would be a one-year deal. And I don't see what's wrong with that. I don't see what's wrong with even going as high as like the same thing, like one-year 10 million, because I just view him as being worth worth rolling the dice on because if you get like you said Jeremy that full season out of DJ Shark what he did towards the end of last season come on I mean we we all talked about the DJ Shark Jared Goff chemistry that they developed in training camp and then kind of flooded out because DJ had to deal with the injuries and stuff and by the end of the season the offense was humming along and DJ Shark was a big part of it now, I understand the people who say, well, where is J-Mo going to get his targets from? Josh Reynolds can take a backseat. Like, I think I view DJ Shark as a more talented player. And Josh Reynolds is great. He's an awesome role player. Like, he's an awesome role receiver. I think DJ Shark has a bigger, higher ceiling that he could hit. And it's worth rolling the dice. I, I was going to add to this, too. I think J-Mo still has to prove himself in a lot of different ways, too. He has not... Oh, like, one I understand last year. <laughs> what? Yeah, like I, I understand you're coming off an ACL. It's tough out there. You're getting used to the, the offense. We've seen that Jared Goff needs time to get used to his receivers. But as Ryan just said, one pass last year. And this is someone like I understand the Lions invested a lot of resources into him. We expect him to do great things, but that expectation is still a ways away. DJ Shark looks to be the perfect stopgap. Sure. DJ Shark looks to be the perfect stopgap for that. You still need to fill that role while you're waiting for those expectations to blossom. And they're and they're not going to hand it to Jamo, right? Like he's going to have to mm. earn the playing time. Yes. Um, and and he probably I mean he probably will, right? They're 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 over the moon with the guy. Um it, it, this is a tough one for me. Uh first of all, I don't th- I don't think necessarily DJ Shark is going to come to the lines with this offer. Um, I think he can get a lot more elsewhere. It, the question is, the question is, what's his priorities right now? Because he has professed his his love for the staff. He has professed his love for for Ben Johnson and and the coaching staff that keeps him um, accountable for his actions. And and you know, we all saw him on the Amon Ra podcast, and he has a really good rapport with Amon Ra and the other players there. And he's a guy more so than a lot of other guys that are going to understand the importance of culture. Because yeah, he went from Urban Meyer to Dan Campbell. I, I was going to say, DJ, do I need to remind you that in your introductory press conference, you talked about how you spurned other offers and came to Detroit, probably because it wasn't a giant tire fire. Right. Yeah. And it's nice, nice to be nice to say that about Detroit, by the way. I was going to say, uh, like, when's the last time we did that? But but the counterpoint is he's 26. He's still shown that he's got the goods. Mm-hmm. And a young receiver that 
has got a lot in him still is worth a heck of a lot, especially in the most recent years. And so someone might throw the bag at if they did, that would be, you'd have to obviously walk away from that. Right. Sure. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're just in sharks position, maybe it's a one, maybe it's a two year deal. Yeah. Something maybe it's like a two year deal. You spread out the money a little bit more to just make it healthier for your cap. Yeah. And I, I think from this standpoint, you could still hit the open market again when you're 27 or you could hit the open market again when you're 28 and you could, you could be playing in this Detroit offense. Fair. All right. Last one. Okay. Hey everybody. It's the swag Kazakage. Leader yes. of the hidden dead. Whatever you where you want. Yes. Uh <laughs> Jamal Williams. Listen, man. Just came off a great two years. I love Detroit. I love where this team is headed. You guys gave me a great opportunity, but I produced thousand yard season. Beat Barry freaking Sanders record. I'm I'm 28 now. This this is my like everyone knows what happens when a running back hits 30. This is my last chance to 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 really cash in. And I know y'all don't like. I know most teams don't like paying running backs anymore. But I'm gonna need a little scratch. I can't I can't sell chicken wings forever. Two years, eight and a half million. Yes. I'm not even just saying that as, I, I'm not even just saying it as a Jamal Williams guy. Like, look, I think again, for what he's brought to the culture, you reward that number one, number two, his particular role in handling the football is not like, like we talk about running backs falling off the table at 28. Those are running backs that we're talking about who have a various different style from Jamal Williams. We're talking about running backs who are looking to the edge or looking to be explosive playmakers what jamal is doing is is yeoman work running back material and i know usually that doesn't go for a high price and usually that is considered that that is easily replaced but when you find someone who can do that stuff and do it well i don't think i need to remind you and i'm not making this comparison or saying that williams is anywhere close to his regard But Adrian Peterson made a lot of time in his career just going straight at the pile and and turning and turning a few, turning some yards where he could. And Adrian Peterson had a very long career. Now, that's Adrian Peterson. But I also believe that how Jamal plays two more years is not a problem. I don't know. I I will punt it to you, Ryan, in regards to the money, but I think a two year deal is very fair. Okay, so I just want to comment on the deal because I'll step out of my shoes real quick. I think Jamal probably goes in there and maybe wants more than two years. I think he potentially I think he could potentially want three years. And does that change things, Jeremy? Like lengthier deal, because you look at I know you looked at, you know, some of the uh, contracts for running backs. You know, James Conner was a three year deal. Uh, Naeem Hines was a three year deal. So is it out of the realm of possibility that the Lions, because I mean, those are guys who are making more money than the contract that you came in with. Yeah. I think people would look at those players and look at what Jamal Williams means to Detroit and what he did last year, statistically with the yards and with the touchdowns and say, he's probably worth maybe even more than those guys. Maybe, 
but if now granted to be fair and i know jeremy is about to go into the anti-running back territory here (laughs) but me to be fair on those touchdowns like we do have to remember that that some of that is how the lions specifically used him in 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 those (laughs) goal line touchdown runs yes yes (laughs) um but yeah i mean if you first of all i i I don't like the idea of giving him a three-year deal unless that's essentially a dummy year deal that he's he's not going to see. Um, you know, it can, it can be a legit three-year deal, but it's one where it's just like it doesn't need to be pro- guaranteed. He's probably going to be a, a doesn't need to be guaranteed casualty. Yeah. Um, because he's going to be over thirty, right? Like that, and I know he probably doesn't have as many as much tread on the tires as as or he has more tread on the tires, I guess, than than some other thirty-year-old running backs would. But I, I don't know, man. I. I Four four point two five million a year would put him sixteenth in the NFL. And and listen, his statistical output was probably right around there last year, right? But it's not going to stay there. It's just not like I think last year is probably peak performance, Jamal Williams. I don't think we're going to see him cross a thousand yards again. I don't think he's going to have eighteen, nineteen touchdowns or whatever it was again this year. I think we got peak performance, Jamal Williams, which means we got him at a heck of a deal last year. It does not necessarily mean that we need to spend outrageously for him in the future. So let me let me ask for Ryan, like less than peak performance, Jamal Williams. Is that still very good to you? I'm cool with it because he has shown that he is a very high floor player in the NFL. Yeah, I agree. Which is what I want in a running back, really. Like there's there's been there have been running backs that have low floor, high ceiling, and we've gone in with them and we've gotten the floor. So high floor at that position, that that is attractive to me. I think I think this is a a great example of one where I'm just like, I'm I'm begging Jamal to take a, a cheaper deal. I'm saying I'm I'm telling him, like, man, we love you here. We really appreciate you. We want to show that in in his big away as we can possible. But if we're going to build this thing, we can't be overspending on running backs. That's just not mm. how it works in this league. So we, we appreciate everything you do. Can you take two for seven and a half, knock a million off, put you in line with a guy like JD McKissick, which I think we can all agree is a player that probably has the same or lesser value than Jamal Williams, because obviously the, the value of Jamal Williams goes beyond what he does on the field. Tim as a leader. Tim as an, uh, as an example, yeah. as a teammate, as a locker room presence, all those sort of stuff matters. And I don't want to underscore those. But, you, I mean, you have to balance the balance the budget in a way that makes sense in today's NFL. And I'm not sure $4.25 million on on a touchdown machine, on a goal line runner. And, and he's more than that. That's that's reductive. But he had a couple um, of long touchdown runs. He did. Um, but. I just I don't I don't think that's smart spending of money in today's NFL. I just don't want to go back to the age where I was sitting there watching running backs who are supposed to do what Jamal Williams does, just getting one yard. I don't want to go back to that. I don't think it's easy to find someone. I I, I know it's easy to say there's replacement out there, but I've also seen the Lions try to go by that, that it's easy to find those replacements and they failed. They failed repeatedly. Oh, CJ Anderson, anybody? Yeah. LeGarrette Blunt, anybody? I mean, even Adrian Peterson was pretty much a failure here, too. So, but here's the thing. It's a good point. With Jamal Williams, it's a business. It's a business. And I think that with the year that he had last year, he can walk into the Lions and say, two years, nine million, 
up to 10 million with incentives. And if word gets out that the Lions passed on that, I don't think Lions fans would be very happy. No, they certainly won't. <laughs> so I, I can just view this as, hey, like Jamal Williams, they probably got more out of him than what his last contract was worth. Yes. Now it's time to pay up for what I maybe missed out on or what I what I played up to. Pay so, that man his money. I just I just think that's a, you can get in trouble that way by paying on based on past performance instead of future performance. Uh, Charles Harris. Charles, Charles Harris. Sure, but I don't think there's any other metric. We don't have a crystal ball for future performance. All you have is the sure. is what you can strain from the past performance okay. at the end. Of the day. But I I think what's interesting though is all these guys. Kaminsky mm-hmm. has had one good year, right? Uh, you know, DJ Shark, his his one good year is kind of in the past in Jacksonville, right? Deshaun, mm-hmm. Deshaun Elliott. Deshaun Elliott. So, like, of any of these guys that have really done it for one year, Jamal Williams has proven over his NFL career to be very durable, yep. to be very dependable. Yep. I don't know if you can let that guy go, and that could, even that if could it's change. A, a little overspending. And that, to, to Jeremy's point, that could change as you get closer to 30, but... I think that's a risk I am willing to roll. That's the game. Deal. I'm back, Deal. guys. I think we were Ball's a little back. too slappy. I, I think people are going to look at this and immediately be like, oh, of course, you just want to resign everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's, e- it's easy to spend money when it's not yours, right? No, I also yeah. think that, I also <laughs> think there's also like people get gooey eyed at greener pastures. People have asked me like for weeks now, what are the free agents you want? And I'm like, free agency is so hard to figure out when it's not your guys. And listen, like, is it that unrealistic that the Lions bring back maybe all of those guys? Like, probably not unrealistic. I know, I know people hate that idea. Yeah, I know people hate that idea yes. historically, but if you know it's the devil, you know, really. Like, you know what these guys do. Right. Sometimes, so, sometimes it ends up being Charles Harris, but sometimes it ends up being Khalif Raymond. Yeah. Or I think Jamal that's Williams. it. <laughs> Jamal Williams, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's put a pin in that. That was a good game. Thanks, Jeremy. And uh, let's get on out of here. This was our two-segmenter. And we'll be back later in the week with a mailbag. More fun stuff as it comes. Jeremy, put down the cowboy hat. No. Put down the cowboy hat. You are not Malcolm Rodriguez. I won't because we won't just have a podcast on Wednesday for the midweek mailbag. Uh Uh-oh. We might have two after that. We definitely have one coming Saturday. Isn't that right, Ryan? Oh, (laughs) we do. That's right. The Spotify lives are officially returning this week. Download the Spotify live app now. Make sure you follow Pride of Detroit and come hang out with us Saturday morning. We're going to go a little earlier this year. Sorry, West Coasters, 9 a.m. Eastern. Be there. Well, we'll look out for those. For us here at Pride of Detroit, we'll see you starside.
Pride of Detroit podcast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and Meat Sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park. Each two-ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein, and each stick has 8 grams of protein. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions, it's going to be good enough for you, too. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they use locally sourced, all-natural Black Angus beef, and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offerings. Go to RighteousFelon.com and use the promo code POD15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. That's promo code POD15 at RighteousFelon.com. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply.